In this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. I'm here today to tell you that we're going to go for the jugular this year. We're going to try and um, actually create a new health system that makes the existing system obsolete this year. And, you know, I just started to look out into the into the world and see where the biggest problem was. And I could see that chronic disease and, and the cost of, of medicine, the cost of health was a massive problem. The skill is to be able to identify what is the root cause that's causing the brain shrinkage, the plaque development, or the you know, um, or the insulin lack of insulin sensitivity, and then remove that root cause. And that's what functional medicine doctors are great at. Hey everyone, I know you'll enjoy the interview. If you'd like to learn more of my top biohacking secrets, get a free copy of my best-selling book called The Biohacker's Guide to Upgraded Energy and Focus for free at biohackersguide.com. It's over 500 pages of my top biohacks and I'll send it to you for free if you cover a small shipping cost. Get your free copy at biohackersguide.com. James, welcome to the show. Great to be here with you. Thanks for having me. You have some really interesting um, theories and proving to be realities in terms of where things are headed with medicine. Did you have an experience yourself that pointed out some of the flaws in the current Western medical paradigm or, or what was what was it that kind of got you down this path? Yeah. So, you know, I was the weird kid at school that did natural medicine. And so I had a, like a chiropractor uh, growing up. I was born in America and then I moved to England and I didn't realize that any of that was weird until I went to school and realized no one knew what that was. And then the one thing that really stuck with me was that um, I was the only kid in school where my mother insisted that um, the nurse would call her before administering, administering antibiotics, right? <laughs> so here's my mom with no medical training in 1985, you know, predicting the downside of overuse of antibiotics by 30 years, right? So you like, that stuck with me in my head. It's like, how did my mom know that? Like, what did, you know, when, when I was now at university studying health economics and I could see, okay, you know, there were these big problems, antibiotic resistance was coming. And, you know, now there was like the, the, the you know, the return on investment in American medicine was so low. I was like, what did they know that I didn't know? And that sort of left my abrupt departure from um, sort of like normal job, I was an investment banker for a year and I moved to America. Luckily I had the passport because I was born here and I just jumped straight into, you know, the front lines, the trenches of health creation into a practice that was sort of like a model for the future of primary care, um, combining, uh, you know, a naturopathic medicine and kind of a spa environment. Okay. I like it. I'm, gonna, it. I'm just going to, um, in my, uh, plug it. Here we go. I've got the, I've got the real mic now. That go. sounds that sounds like rich mahogany. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so you, your your passion was health. It sounded like you were going to see natural doctors as a kid. Yeah, I had a homeopath, and like I didn't really like use any conventional medication. I had the like super healthy, disgusting cough syrup, you know, all of that stuff. And I just, you know, that was just the way I did it. And, you know, I just started to look out into the into the world and see where the biggest problem was. And I could see that chronic disease and, and the cost of, of medicine, the cost of health was a massive problem. Like I was a health economist, look across all the countries. Like I grew up in the UK, right? So in the UK, you've got... Um, you know, you've got, uh, you've got a completely different system, right? You've got a completely different way that health is paid for, but they're running out of money. 
And then in the UK, US, you've got a completely different system. You know, you've got the National Health Service versus completely capitalist system and running out of money, ridiculously low return on investment, like America, 65th in infant mortality, you know, below Cuba and Serbia and Peru. And I'm like, what's going on here? There's a massive problem. And I just had a feeling that something to do with my childhood could have a solution, but I didn't really know what it was. So I worked in a clinic. I started to see firsthand that people could recover from these chronic diseases that, you know, that people thought were incurable. I was like watching it happen. Autoimmune disease has been reversed. Um, type 2 diabetes being reversed. Like these were things that no one had seen. Then I started becoming a, a rep for a supplement company that only sold to doctors. And then I saw it even more and more acutely with things like Lyme disease. No one even knew what that was. This is back in like 2007. No one knew what it was, but I could see people getting better from it. No one even knew that chronic Lyme was a thing, but I was like way down the rabbit hole. I saw kids lose their autism diagnosis. You know, this was even before people knew about autism, right? In, the, in a certain way, if you believe certain people, they say, oh, it's just, we know about it more. Well, you know, in 2007, then no one knew about it because, you know, it's multiplied X number of times since then. Yeah. So, you know, so, you know, so... Uh, yeah, so I was seeing things I didn't know were possible. And then I started to realize, look, there's something, there's a misalignment of, of medical systems where the medical system that is that was created that's based on drugs and surgery was created for an era of medicine that no longer exists. And that we needed a new era of medicine that was designed around these types of diseases that were largely environmental and largely lifestyle driven. And that was the beginning of the evolution of medicine. So it started with a show. I, I created the first like conference for doctors that was online and for free called the uh, functional forum. Uh, we just had our 50th episode in March and, um, you know, our goal was, our first goal was to build, this is for like 100x, the number of doctors that were trained in functional medicine. And so, you know, we picked Functional Forum as the name and we picked functional medicine for a number of reasons. One, everyone does it the same. You know, naturopathic, integrated medicine, these other sort of, you know, disciplines of alternative, um, you know, unconventional medicine. One of the big problems is everyone's doing it their own way, which does not help with scaling up. Um, it's good, you know, it's an art and a science, but it doesn't help with scaling up. And then, you know, functional medicine also had, you know, sort of like an energy and momentum that I thought was really valuable. And then on the fourth show of our show, Mark Hyman came on and announced the Cleveland Clinic deal. So now it was like, okay, now we see that we picked the right horse because this is going to go and like now there's going to be mainstream recognition. And so it's just been an amazing journey, you know, ever since then, building the ranks, bringing doctors from um, conventional medicine to functional medicine, initially just giving them the clinical information they needed and, and so sparking their interest through free content. Then we started building a ton of communities. So we got 500 meetup groups for doctors around the world around the sh monthly show. And then I wrote a book called The Evolution of Medicine that was really to, again, reduce the barriers to entry this time around practice development because I realized that you didn't need as much stuff as you used to need to run a practice, right? You could run most of it off a laptop. You could e-prescribe the supplements. You could have a mobile phlebotomist do the blood draws. You know, you could do your appointment booking and education online. So we started to help people build um, this sort of a new type of practice. And, um, you know, that's what we've been up to for the last, uh, last five years. Very cool. For someone who is not familiar with the difference between Western medicine or conventional medicine um, and functional medicine, how do you describe that? 
Well, look, you better recognize, because if you're a biohacker and you listen to a biohacker podcast, let me tell you how it normally goes down. Have your ducks in a row before you, you bio, show up. <laughs> biohack, you, you understand your body, you really understand your uniqueness. You know, maybe you've got a continuous glucose monitor and you see what foods are for you and what foods aren't. And then you go into the doctor's office and you start to have this conversation and they start to glaze over because they realize you know way more than they do about all of this and this is not a good position for them to be in and maybe they're rude maybe they kick you out of their practice that's like you know best case scenario so like i've heard, i've i've seen that a million times like doctors don't know anything about nutrition and lifestyle so basically functional medicine is a medical operating system that honors you know the body is an interconnected system right? So that the heart and the brain and the lungs and the, all the different systems are interconnected and need to be treated as such. And that's why they're more of like a super generalist than a specialist, right? So that's the first thing. Second, they're looking for the root cause of dysfunction. So they're not just going to give you drugs to paper over the symptoms, but they're going to actually try and understand what the root cause is. And in a lot of cases, it's lifestyle and chronic inflammation and all that stuff. And then, um, you know, and then the third, they require patients to be an active participant in their care, right? So it's not just like, oh, give me the medicine, doc. It's like, hey, doc, what should I be doing to reduce my blood glucose, to reduce my hemoglobin A1C? So it's a different thinking process. Like the patient is in control and the doctor is more of a guide. So that's what functional medicine is. You know, it, it, um, it has many different roots, but ultimately the thing that separates it is that it's a consistent system where most doctors are doing it the same way. There's sort of a consistent intaking. There's a consistent prioritization for the specific patient. And then, um, you know, and then it's then, and as I said, the big differentiator is going to become from this Cleveland Clinic study where now the most credible organization in the world is going to say, yeah, functional medicine rocks and it's better outcomes at lower cost for a range of chronic diseases. And then, you know, then we're off to the races. <laughs> it's, it's interesting to me that like this distinction between a generalist and a specialist, because I think we're, we're trained to hear specialist and think, oh, that's better. And yet, it's almost like um, kind of a funny example is like when, when the UFC first started, you'd have like a karate guy fighting a wrestler or like fighting, you know, uh, a, a jujitsu guy fighting a boxer. It was specialists going in there. And then someone would come in that knew how to wrestle and box and they'd start messing people up. And until eventually now people know every discipline or at least the disciplines that are most effective when applied in the cage. And it's kind of like functional medicine uh, where people are now saying, okay, what are the, what are the different aspects of a variety of disciplines where I'm not pigeonholed to Western medicine and how can I apply those to the patient um, in a way that gets better, less expensive results? Um, yeah, I really agree with that. I think it's a, it's a good analogy. You know, like you, yeah, you've probably guys seen, you know, there's been a ton of research recently linking Alzheimer's and brain diseases to lifestyle. So, you know, some people get Alzheimer's because they've been near an aluminum smelter for their whole job. And some people get it because they have uncontrolled type two diabetes, they're, you know, uncontrolled blood pressure, um, but, you know, blood sugar and inflammation. And so, you know, you know, that's, and it's because of what they eat. So like a neurologist 
cannot solve that problem. If it's that you've been eating the wrong thing for 20 years, just like you're just addicted to sugar and you've, you know, brain's been shrinking because of like a type three diabetes effect, the neurologist has no skills to be able to re- resolve that. Yeah. It's arguable whether a neurologist has any tools at all to resolve anything, because then that's, that's a joke even in medicine, right? They're amongst the doctors that the neurologists do all the great diagnosis, but then have no tools to actually reverse anything. Yeah. And you see, like Dale Bredesen's book, um, The End of Alzheimer's, was a top best-selling book. Mark Hyman's recent Broken Brain series was massive. 500,000 people watched it. So, you know, that people are starting to realize that you know, that there are tools that we can use um, to be able to reverse these kind of things. And it's all functional medicine. Everything's coming up functional because, you know, Alzheimer's is not one disease, it's five diseases. Type 2 diabetes is not one disease, it's five diseases. And the skill is to be able to identify what is the root cause that's causing the brain shrinkage, the plaque development, or the you know, um, or the insulin, lack of insulin sensitivity, and then remove that root cause. And that's what functional medicine doctors are great at. And what what are some of the biggest problems you see right now in Western medicine? You'd kind of you talked about the, the 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 contrast between treating symptoms and treating the root cause. What what else is going on with Western medicine as it exists today that's holding us back? I mean everything. I mean the way that it's paid for, the way that it's delivered. It's just old thinking, man. You know you can't. You know, like look at a hospital. You got people who hate their job. You got, you know, you got no windows. You got terrible lighting. You've got like people smoking out the front. You know, these are not bastions of health creation. Like health is being created in in CrossFits. Health is being created in like community centers. Health is being created in kitchens. Like that's where long-term health is being created. You know, medicine cannot adapt. So, you know, so we started out with the concept that medicine was going to evolve, right? It was going to adapt into this new structure. It was going to evolve for these new diseases, right? There was a different environment and it was going to evolve. But what we saw is that it's not going to evolve. It's going to have to be a new system because it's it's set in a it's set in an infrastructure that doesn't allow it to you know evolve. You've got the fiduciary responsibility fiduciary responsibilities of the you know the the insurance companies, the pharmaceutical companies, and the hospital companies where they have to make more money year on year. That's literally the only point of their organizations once they're a public company, right? The CEO is bound to that as the number one priority is the return on investment to shareholders. So it's very difficult for them to innovate. It's very difficult for them to take another track. One of the reasons why the Cleveland Clinic did it is they saw the writing on the wall, which is that in the future, people are going to get paid for outcomes and not get paid for just volume. And so they were ahead of, and went ahead of the curve to come after functional medicine because they saw that writing on the wall. But everyone else's CEO is employed you know, year to year, and they're responsible for outcomes year to year of like the bottom line, and they just don't think that far ahead. So the way that it's paid for is a problem, the way that it's delivered a problem, you know, it's just, it's not convenient, you know, just think about it like this. Like if you're even just the thing that they're best at, right, which is, which is acute disease, let's say you get an infection, the whole point that when you get an infection, which is a transmissible thing in some cases, that you have to go into a place with a bunch of other people is ridiculous. It's ridiculous that that's the plan. 
right? <laughs> you know, so, you know, ultimately you see things like telemedicine, you know, you, where people can now be treated in their home. That's the future. But how quickly things will adapt, I don't know. But what we're doing is we're building the new healthcare system from scratch designed around lifestyle disease because we realize that that's what needs to happen. So it's the functional medicine doctors, it's the coaches, it's the payer system, all of that. Like that's what I've been doing for the last little while. Like I used to, I used to be kind of like an activist and I would be like, oh, do you know where medicine, why it's screwing us all over and like these guys are taking control or whatever. And about five years ago, you know, based on a couple of experiences and one quote, there's this great Bucky Fuller quote where he says, you don't create change by fighting the existing reality. To create change, you have to build the new system that makes the existing system obsolete. Right. And I was just like, bang, that's what I want to do. And so that's why we started the functional forum. Let's build an army of doctors that could do functional medicine. Let's teach them how to work in, in conjunction with health coaches so that, you know, the, the functional medicine doctor is way too overpriced and way too overqualified to be teaching people how to eat better. Right. That could be done by a $30 an hour health coach. So, you know, so that, that's what we've been looking at, looking at systems, looking at community, right? Community is the most underappreciated by biohacking secret of all. Here's my, you know, my biggest tip is that if you are a biohacker and or if you're someone who wants to get healthy, the most, the best thing that you could ever do is to meet a bunch of other people who want the same thing because you need to develop your new social structures. Um, you know, people who want to get healthy typically have to extricate themselves from their current social structures, just like people who don't want to drink booze anymore can't go to the bar with their friends you know people who don't want to eat sugar anymore can't you know participate in the office um donut friday you know and so that's why organizations like crossfit you know have such loyal followings is because when you become into the crossfit fold you're exercising together you're developing new friendships you're eating paleo potlucks together there's a whole culture that emerges from it so we you know there's also research to show that in this new field of human social genomics, that social stress is actually the biggest driver of all-cause mortality, more than smoking, more than lack of exercise, more than food. And so, you know, the quality and quantity of our social relationships is a much better predictor of whether we'll die or when we'll die than anything else. And so, you know, we've really focused our efforts on creating structures around these functional medicine practices where people can be, people who want to get healthy can be introduced to each other. James, I, I need to pick your brain on this one because I completely agree and have personally had a little bit of challenges. I moved to Florida in August and left behind family and friends. And, um, and I know the importance of community and I've, I've been, you know, I've been going to certain yoga studios and trying to get out more and meet more like-minded people, but, um, find myself, you know, you don't want to go to bars and clubs and, um, and, and sometimes yoga class, you roll in, you do a class and you're out. You mentioned CrossFit being a good one. Like, are there other ways that you've seen people successfully implement this, especially like in a new city or after they've had to separate themselves from their friends to, yeah. to get healthy? I think you gotta, you gotta use online, online tools to create offline connections, right? So just th imagine if you'd made that move 20 years ago, right? In 20 years ago, you have no idea who likes what, 
right? Your best shot was to go to the health food store and see who's putting up a flyer. And that's a pretty long shot because there weren't any health food stores 20 years ago <laughs> or go to the library or whatever. Now there's Meetup, there's Facebook, there's Eventbrite. There's all these places where people are putting on events and are, and are putting on those kind of things. There's even apps now, right? You've got Tinder for meeting, you know, people of the opposite sex for dating. But a friend of mine in Venice started one for, you know, parents and moms to meet each other to find other cool moms to go on dates with oh. right so maybe there's going to be like a healthy version of that but you know there's all kinds of ways in which you can use online tools to create offline connection that's what the internet's great for helps you filter each other into your communities you can find different groups so i think you find online tools you find out where there's a meetup and then start going to you know events where there's those kind of people but you know we've we've encouraged our doctors to do that kind of thing, like a, you know, a walking tour where, you know, people are getting together in a walking group um, or cooking groups where people are like, one of the coolest ideas that I've um, heard, which we've helped to popularize is this idea of community batch cooking, where groups of people can batch cook all their food for a week in a group. So like five people get together, you know, you go to a house with the biggest stove or you, you know, in some cases I've seen people will like meet together on a Monday night when a restaurant's closed and use the commercial kitchen Ooh. and then like, you know, cook all their meals for the whole week in like 90 minutes. And so, you know, the, the old thing of like, Oh, I don't have time to cook, you know, eat healthy. Well, that's because you're warming up the pan every night and chopping the vegetables every night. And like, you don't have to do that. And you could make, you know, if I like, if I like chicken stir fry and you like chicken stir fry and everyone in our community likes it, why don't I make a massive one and then we'll split it into Tupperware and do it like those kind of economics, that kind of community building. And so, you know, the one thing I would say is if you're still not finding it after you've searched around, then it's just comes down to initiative because there are other people that are looking at too. So now it's just like, okay, you know, why don't I put on a community um, walking event and put it up on Eventbrite for free and see who shows up. People are you know, looking on Eventbrite for events. It's free to put up events. Two million people a month go to book tickets on that thing. So, you know, there's, there's, there's millions of people and way more people are visiting it just looking for stuff in their community. So that's kind of what, what I've seen is, is that there's, you know, ways to do that. I moved across the country three years ago too. And, um, you know, it was through participating in certain other communities that I, you know, met a lot of people. So by the time I moved to Venice beach, I actually knew, you know, two or three dozen people moving from New York. And, um, you know, that was really great to sort of have a pre-set community, but that's because I've been sort of like being in communities of people and meeting people who lived here for a few years before. Oh, that's real cool. That's, that's a good idea with the, uh, the batch cooking in, in, as a community. It makes it a lot more fun. I could see women even like, you know, maybe having a glass of wine or two. Um, I do something similar with my supplements. I just put them in like plastic cups with a lid and I'll do like two weeks at a time so that all I got to do is grab it, shoot the supplements, take it with a little bit of water and, uh, and same thing. You're not pulling out, you know, your vitamins every day. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, I'm sure you got a pretty aggressive regime if that's what you, you know, if you need it to that degree. But I mean, I'm not surprised. But yeah, look, that's cool. You know, I think whatever makes it easier. But I think there's something about the community element that holds people accountable. You know, a couple of years ago, my mother-in-law lost 110 pounds. And the only thing that she did different was that she had to call someone at the end of every day, an accountability buddy for free, and tell them what she'd eaten. And so she was so like, even though this is basically a stranger at the beginning, she was so um, 
you know, she was so determined not to say, I lost it. I went to McDonald's and got four Happy Meals, like that she changed her behavior. And that was what changed it. It wasn't like, you know, oh, I'm just going to eat better. I'm going to will my way through it. It was like a accountability to a random stranger. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's funny how much stronger we get when we're doing it for someone else rather than ourselves, it's like real easy for us to let ourselves down, probably easier than to let, to let down a stranger in that case. James, yeah. what, what are you most excited for as, uh, as you see medicine evolving and like, where's your place in that evolution? Well, it's good, good timing to ask me that because, you know, over the last few years, you know, as you start to continually execute, projects and you build a team and I've got two companies now, you just get a sort of a bigger idea of what you could do, right? What could I do with all these doctors now that kind of trust me and with all these health coaches that are really so thankful that I've been like doing them and, and the team that I brought on and the sort of momentum that we have. And so I'm here today to tell you that we're going to go for the jugular this year. We're going to try and um, actually create a new health system that makes the existing system obsolete this year. And the piece that's been missing has been the payer, right? So I'm sure if you're listening to this, and I know you, you, you've had a personal experience with this yourself, if you're a biohacker, if you take care of your health, if you've been proactive and preventive with your health, it's annoying to pay a lot of money for insurance you don't use right? You're not going to go to that doctor because he already embarrassed himself at his first appointment when he realized he didn't know anything about nutrition or exercise, right? <laughs> so, you know, so you have, you have that kind of situation where, you know, you're not using it and, you know, the chances of you getting hit by a car are small, you know, but, you know, ultimately you want to be covered, but you'd rather just, you know, you'd rather not, you know, give 500 bucks a month to Aetna you know, for something you're never going to use. And it just looks like a big part of your wallet share. It starts to get almost as big as your rent payment. And then you're just like, you know, what is this? And it's only going to go up more because now the ACA has been defunded. And so like where people have been experiencing 20 or 30% increases, which is ridiculous, by the way, 20 or 30 is not okay. It's going to be like 40 to 70 next year. And so if you're paying 500 this year, next year it's going to be 800. And you'd be like, that's like your mortgage payment. So... That's what's about to happen. So yeah, so we're going to do something totally awesome this year, which is we're going to start our own health cost sharing cooperative. Now, um, this was not allowed uh, up until January 2nd because you had to have ACA compliant health insurance from one of the big five. I mean, what the ACA was, was just, you know, imagine, imagine you're an insurance company I mean, you can see the numbers. If you look at the share prices of all the big five from like 2008 compared to 2018, there's like a 10x increase. Like these companies did so well. Why? Because ACA forced everyone to buy a commercial insurance product. Like that may seem like progressive politics to people in America. That seems absolutely insane to me, right? That, that a progressive politics in this country is that we're going to force people under tax penalty to buy a commercial product. It's ridiculous. It's a scam. So I'm like, okay, we're going to do something about it. So three years ago, um, in my second summit, we, 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 I was part of a crew. My friend Tom Blue actually started this thing called Liberty Direct, which was, which was a health cost sharing cooperative 
built on this Christian health cost sharing cooperative. There were four of these Christian health cost sharing cooperatives that got an exemption to the mandate, Liberty HealthShare, MediShare, um, Samaritans, and one more. And ultimately, you have to be super Christian to be in most of them. Liberty is the one that is not so Christian, but you could be any denomination from any state. And um, yeah, so he built this product. Now I signed up for it. And honestly, it's been awesome for me because you know, I have a healthy family of three. I pay four forty nine a month and I have for the last five years compared to, you know, everyone else's has gone skyrocketing with, with everything else. I'd have to pay way over a thousand a month right now to get the, you know, with the worst deductible, the crappiest care. Um, so now I'm paid four forty nine a month. I've never had to use it because I'm, you know, healthy. There's a little bit of a sort of a deductible. So like, you know, but I've just, you know, myself and my family being healthy, but I'm saving that much money every month that I can use to go and see the chiropractor or the acupuncturist or get supplements or whatever, because I'm saving that much money. So Liberty is cool. And you can sign up for Liberty HealthShare right now for all the people listening. You can go to libertyhealthshare.org and um, you can sign up. You don't have to wait for open enrollment. You can cancel your credit card that's paying for your health insurance and you can just opt out. And up until up until January 1st, that was your only option because those four just happened to put their hand up at the right time when the ACA was being made. But on January 2nd- What is the ACA? The Affordable Care Act. Okay. Yeah, the Affordable Care Act, which is like Obamacare. Okay. Right? So that is the ACA. So that's the the sort of the law of the land when it comes to health insurance. Okay. So on the 2nd of January in Trump's tax bill- he got rid of the penalty, the tax penalty for not having insurance, just got rid of it. And what that basically means to any, to anyone else, that means like nothing. I don't know. Thank you. If you don't have health insurance or whatever, but for me, it meant that means that anyone can start their own health cost sharing cooperative. And I've been waiting to start my own for three years because I love the concept of it. I'm not totally in love with the sort of, it's it's quite opaque. You don't really know what's going on under the hood at Liberty Health Share. I mean, my, my things have stayed the same. And I've had friends who have, you know, had accidents or others that have made claims and have been paid. So, you know, I'm, I'm confident to a certain degree that that's cool. But, um, yeah, we, we're going to do an awesome one where functional medicine is just going to be the default care inside our thing. And ultimately, the coolest thing about the cooperative is that it incentivizes everyone in the cooperative to help each other out, right, to support each other. If now, if you join and you now get all of the people in your cooperative, in your cooking group to join too, and everyone's healthy and helping each other eat the anti-inflammatory meals, the chances of anyone in your group getting like an autoimmune disease, if everyone's eating healthy or, you know, which the autoimmune disease, people think that it's like an accident that like kills that makes healthcare costs go up. It's not at all. It's people being on long-term expensive medication like Humira costs 50 grand a year. So if you get put on Humira, that's, you know, if you get a hundred people who get put on Humira, that's how insurance goes up. 86% of costs are spent on chronic disease, not accidents and acute disease. So, you know, so ultimately we're going to create kind of a health insurance alternative for healthy people. Functional medicine will be the default care. And we expect it to cost somewhere between $130 to $190 a month. And, you know, if you get in an accident, you will be covered completely. And, you know, we're going to suck all the healthy people out of the system. And, you know, we're going to get to a point where we have a seat at the table at any future negotiations because there's no way that Trump is going to put in any other... um, you know, he's not going to put in any other rules between now and then. 
And so, yeah, so it's called New Health is our new project, new with a K. You can go to newhealth.com. And to launch this, actually later this year, we're going to do what we're calling the New Vision Tour, which is a 40-city tour around the country um, to essentially get people fired up about this idea, to get all the functional medicine doctors locked into our system, and to, you know, to, build, um, you know, to build this new model. And we've basically got a three-year window between now and, um, you know, January 20th, 2021, when President Oprah takes over and re- you know, goes back towards single payer to be able to make enough of a dent in medicine that you know, we have a seat at the table for whatever the next iteration of, you know, of negotiations looks like about where healthcare is going to go from here. But I can tell you right now, look that Amazon is getting involved and Apple's getting involved and all these companies are getting involved because they don't like what they see. They're annoyed with the current state of healthcare. So I, I, I assume that you know, solutions to medicine are not going to come from the government. They're going to come from these tech giants. And you know, I'm, I'm going to sort of stake my claim as part of that as part of that um, evolution. Uh, it's, it, it's amazing and um, inspiring. Do you anticipate any pushback from government organizations or agencies because of the potential loss for them? No, not really. Not under this administration. You know, it, it's like, you know, people in a, the Republican side love this. Like Rand Paul loves this idea. Like Rand Paul's idea for changing medicine was to allow groups of people who weren't employers to come together and bargain for their insurance together. But the truth is you don't need insurance, right? Here's the, here's the truth. Once you get to a pool of 10,000 people, right, it's the pool that covers the risk, not the individual, Right. So if you're just if you're just alone, like the, the way that the, the health system works now is they make everyone into their own individual island. Right. You're just one person. And you're like, well, if I get hit by a car, I can't afford 50 grand for an accident. So I better get insurance. Whereas what these health cost sharing cooperatives, these Christian groups did was to instigate the power of the community. It's like if Anthony's in our tribe and we've got 50,000 people in our thing. And if he gets hit by a car and it costs 50 grand, are we all willing to chip in a dollar for him? And the answer is yes, right? So then you, there's a community that sets its own intention about how they want to take care of each other. And they, they set up that agreement. And then, you know, the plan just gets executed. And that's what we're talking about here. Except in my system, it's going to be all executed, completely transparent by a new technology called blockchain that is going to facilitate like an open, transparent system where, you know, where groups of people could start their own cooperative. They can set their own rules for what they will pay for and what they won't pay for. You know, a lot of my female friends would never sign up for Liberty Health Share because it's Christian, like no birth control, no abortions, no, you know, all that stuff because it's a Christian thing. So like, I don't want that. Like I, you know, I've, I've uh, you know, I want women to be able to take advantage. I, I lived in New York and LA. Most women there think that birth control is fine. And so, you know, I've got friends or whatever. So I want to create something that's a good fit for them. And so that's kind of, you know, that's, that's the purpose of, of what we're doing. It's got to be like non-denominational, completely uh, open to anyone, but ultimately open to people who care about their health. Because the reason why it's so cheap is because everyone's healthy, 
right? That's the reason why, because everyone's healthy or getting healthier and you'll be rewarded in our system for getting healthier, losing weight, bringing down your hemoglobin A1C, bringing down your inflammation, bringing down your blood sugar, not smoking. So we'll have rewards built into the system to be able to help people get incentivized to get healthy and stay healthy. Because ultimately, if people get healthy and stay healthy, the costs within the pool stay manageable. Yeah. And you can see like, no one wants to, no one wants to be the weak, the weak link in the chain or, you know, picked last or the one that's dragging the group down. And even, even if they don't meet other people in their pool, there is sort of that, like you said, you're not just doing it for yourself. You're not just letting yourself down. If you, if you stop exercising and eat like crap. Yeah, exactly. And that's why we're doing this tour so that we can get like, if you're the, if there are the, you know, the first hundred or 200 members that are in Houston, Let's introduce them to each other, right? Let's put them in the same room. And if they meet a few that are the same, maybe they can start their health cost sharing cooperative. I mean, their um, cooking cooperative, or maybe they can do a walking group together. That's the plan. That's part of the power of this tour is to put them, get them in a group together and then get the, you know, showcase the doctors on stage who are going to be part of our doctor cooperative. You're going to be delivering the care for the people in the community. And, you know, that's, that's where we're going. So if you want to find out more about the tour, you can go to newhealth.com slash tour. Um, you can buy tickets for the tour. Or if you want to reserve your spot, um, you can go to newhealth.com and you can reserve your spot in the cost-sharing cooperative. You know, we're hoping to uh, launch it in December um, around the time the open enrollment starts. But this summer, we're going to just be recruiting people into it. And, um, yeah, it's going, to be, it's going to be totally awesome. Very cool. Newhealth.com slash tour, T-O-U-R. And uh, last question, James, if you could only have one, one biohack, whether it's a supplement, um, an, an, a lifestyle intervention, anything that has given, that brings you the most joy or most benefits to your health, what would it be? It's got to be community. It's got to be a group of other people that care about the same things that you do, that hold you accountable, that help it make it easy for you. I mean, it is literally both scientifically proven at the cellular level. Look, the healthiest places in the world, the blue zones, right, where people live to 100, there's no great medical system there. They're not living to 100 because they've got precision surgery. They're doing it because they've got communities of people that eat together, live together, pray together, play together, and that's what keeps them healthy. That is biohacking. That is an exponential technology that can be used at any time, is completely free, and is the future of medicine. I love it. James Maskell, thank you, brother. This has been uh, a lot of fun, and I'm excited for what you guys got coming up. Thanks. Yeah, great to be here. And look, you know, the biohackers are definitely on the front edge tracking out, you know, we're going to have some super cool technology where you can, you know, track your progress. You know, we're, I think the you know, you asked earlier, what's the, the weakest point? It's all so weak, right? There's so many pieces of biohacking that are so good, like tracking your thing, making it easy for you to get your data. Like that stuff has to be part of it. You know, I really feel like we're making healthcare for young people. You know, the old yeah. people, they're going to die anyway, right? <laughs> you know, and, and so we got to make stuff. So I don't think it's reasonable that like, the medical system would all be built around the doctor's needs. The patient's the most important person. Let's right. build it around the patient. It's going to be a beautiful app. It's going to be easy to get your health data. It's going to be easy to bring it all together into one place. Like, you know, what we see up until now is just so amateur and, you know, it's going to go. It's time. It's time for the revolution. James, yep. thank you. All right. 
This episode is brought to you by BiOptimizers. That's B-I-Optimizers.com. And more specifically, there are two products that I use every day, Masszymes and P3OM Probiotics. Masszymes is a medical-grade enzyme formulation that increases your enzyme potential, allowing for optimal protein digestion and absorption necessary for growth. Additionally, the formulation cleanses your GI tract of undigested protein while improving energy and cognitive function, all the while reducing the resources needed for the metabolization of food and less resources being allocated toward the metabolization of food by your body means more energy for you. Masszymes is the strongest proteolytic enzyme formulation on the market today and at 85,000 HUTs it contains more protease per capsule than any other formula. P3OM probiotics are a patented probiotic formula developed by one of the world's leading probiotic experts. P3OM uses a patented process to enhance L. plantarum's capacities, resulting in a new super strain that may be the most powerful probiotic developed. This probiotic is designed to help you combat viruses, retroviruses, and super bacteria. I use P3OM and Masszymes every day, along with a number of other probiotic supplements that I cycle, which is an important aspect of getting the best effect from your probiotics. So you never want to take probiotics. You never want to take the same probiotic every single day, and you never want to take the same amount every single day. So I am constantly cycling in different probiotics that I have found to be the most effective, changing up their dosage to keep the body adapting and constantly evolving. So you can save 10% on your first order of P3OM probiotics and masszymes by going to buyoptimizers.com. That's B I. O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com and entering discount code biohacks, that's B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S, at checkout. So once again, that's Masszymes and P3OM Probiotics, and you can save 10% on your first order at buyoptimizers.com with discount code biohacks. 